you know, we all have an obligation. You know, when I read the statistics on unemployment, I want my people to stay employed. I want to be able to offer them a good livelihood and that's going to happen if we're busy. So we're determined to be compliant and encourage everybody else to go on that journey because Sydney needs to come to life again. But we just need to be cautious. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Some establishments have become real destination dining experiences. The sort of places that speak of a city, of a place, of a moment in your life. When you go to Sydney, you have to visit Cafe Sydney. It's a sentence that many people have shared over the years because it epitomises dining in the Harbour City. Jan McKenzie is the Director of Operations of Cafe Sydney, a restaurant that has been the beating heart of the city for decades. Jan, what's it been like running one of the city's most iconic venues for so long? A multitude of emotions, actually. It's been... um Oh, it's been challenging. It's been enormous fun. It's, uh, from the get-go, it was destined to be a challenge. And, uh, but we're fortunate. We've got a fantastic team of people here and great determination. And we actually have a very clear uh, vision and a very clear set of values that uh, we instigated from, from the very beginning about you know, what we want it to be. And, I mean, obviously, like any business, we review those often, but we we pretty much stay with the values that we've set. Can you paint a picture of the venue, you know, the size? How many people do you get through there? And, and what's the scale in regards to staff? Look, generally, we have about 140 staff. Wow. And at this moment, we have 100, I think we're 131. And uh, so we're, you know, that's been a very challenging uh, process for us because, you know, when it first happened, we were like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? And then JobKeeper has been amazing. There's, there's no two ways about it. It's been incredible. But we, like everybody else, we have our, our section of people. We have our skilled sponsored team of people. And we also have a, a, a quite a significant group of temporary visa people. So that's been challenging for them. You know, we've been lucky with uh, that group because uh, the temporary visa people have actually been incredibly um, nimble and, you know, they're a very agile group of people and many of them have gone off and got other jobs. Some of those jobs have come, you know, through, uh, through James or through through, you know, coming through Cafe Sydney. But, you know, there's, so there's been a whole team of them have gone off and got other work. The, the skilled sponsored people, you know, they're the tricky people because they only can work uh, with who they're sponsored for. And so that's been difficult. Um, yeah. So it's been, you know, it's been emotional for, uh, for a lot of people. But, you know, we've, we've just... Our whole thing was just to keep everybody connected and to keep talking to everybody and to be ready to financially dig deep if necessary to fund those people because you can't just put them out on a limb. And also to be able to, for everyone to be able to, 
you know, take whatever leave they wanted, buy it out and get money and, and just keep it all, all going for people. But they're all back now. When the a pandemic first impacted the restaurant and what you do, um, what were your thoughts at that time moving forward with a restaurant that's, you know, in the centre of the city that was sort of emptied out of people and, you know, no tourists coming in as well? Well, our clientele is it's very much corporate and so we instantly, we instantly felt it. Um, and it was interesting in the last sort of couple of weeks where, you know, we, the social distancing happened and, and we started to instigate uh, all the, the necessary requirements. What we found ourselves with was we've actually found ourselves with a lot of families and, and groups of friends and it, had, it took on a, a new life of its own because a restaurant feels quite different when you've got your, you know, your corporate clientele and then when you end up with a lot of families who felt quite comfortable being with each other, um, it, was, it was a very different vibe. And it, and it was lovely, actually. It had a very nurturing and very warm finale. What's this period been like for you as a restaurateur? You've been doing it for a little while now um, with a wealth of experience. Um, what's your sense in regards to the restaurant um, and the landscape that we're currently in? Look, I think it's a... Uh, th there's no amount of uh, restaurant experience that can prepare you for moving through this. I, I guess, you know, having had a lot of experience and, uh, you know, I've worked in very challenging environments in the history of my working life in hospitality, but nothing really uh, prepared me for this. I, I, I was quite shocked in the beginning. I just thought, this is not, this is not going to happen. And then it was like, okay, it's happening. And... We, you know, we bunkered down really quickly. We knew that there was there was nothing that we could offer. We, you know, our we don't have a community surrounding us. We're a CBD restaurant, and fortunately, we don't we actually don't rely on the tourists. Uh, the tourist market is a very small percentage of our business, but our corporate clientele, we value them enormously, and so we realised that there was nothing we couldn't do takeout. We were in a, you know, customs house has been closed. They closed a few days after, once we, we were leaving, they decided they were going to close, which I thought was a good thing. And um, so there was no way that we could, you know, cook anything or have people coming into customs house. And so that wasn't a notion. So we, we really mothballed. We totally shut this business down. And, um, and so, and everybody has been in stand down. There's only been a very – there's been four people that have worked through the period. How have you felt personally through this period? Um, oh, I've felt a, a mixture of things, actually. I've been quite emotional, I must say, but I'm, I, am that, I am that woman, an emotional woman. <laughs> and I felt <laughs> – I am, I am. Uh, but I've also felt in many ways I've reconnected with many aspects of the business. So I immediately diverted – all, several emails to me. I, I had reservations, I had marketing and I had functions and events coming to me as well as my sort of email thing and then just trying to get that whole job keeper, uh, get, getting, getting that off, off the ground was, you know, that, that was a little bit tricky to, to understand in the beginning but, you know, we mastered that and then I had everybody calling me and, uh, and then 
ironically, I've been, I've had a number of brides wanting to get married here next year. And I've had all sorts of conversations with people. I've had great conversations with people. So it's been quite grassroots and I'm still, I've actually just come off the uh, functions email and functions phone today um, doing that. And, you know, that is, that is really gaining momentum, which is exciting. And so I feel like I'm more across. Uh, we've done lots of Zoom meetings and, you know, we've had lots of brainstorming and lots of you know, dividing up into groups of who's going to take care of those people and, you know, putting ourselves really into silos with groups of team, you know, teams of staff so that everyone was just, you know, a fingertip away from us at all, all times. Can you tell us about those early days with Cafe Sydney um, and, and do you have any interesting stories um, that are really integral moments of the restaurant since you've had it? Oh, look. I think Cafe Sydney, you know, it. I don't know, it's one of those big beast restaurants where it's just, it's got so much going for it. And when I, you know, when I first arrived here, um, I was talking to a food journalist and, and you know, there'd been a lot of criticism of, of Cafe Sydney when it first opened of the food style and, and this and that. And, you know, in, in that time, there was only... Um, a handful of, of big restaurants. So people were, you know, guests were used to the, the, the real fine touch of that person who is looking after you. They're going to look after you through the whole experience. And in a big restaurant, that, that doesn't happen. And you, you work really hard in a big restaurant so that, you know, that, that the waiter who's looking after the table is connected to the table and then all the, the auxiliary staff sort of come and go. But so that was a really big thing, changing how people viewed a big a big restaurant. And I guess I realised when I got here that, you know, I was coming to Sydney. I'd never lived in Sydney. And, you know, I'm Australian, but I'd been living overseas. And I was pretty excited to be coming back to Sydney. And I still, I mean, I'm fortunate. I, I can look out right now and, and look out at the harbour. But this city just captured me right from the get-go. It just, you know, it's such a wow city. And I saw it, you know, I saw it in a totally different light and I wanted to be a part of it. So that was, they were really defining things for how we wanted to to position Cafe Sydney because we, we wanted it to be a restaurant that everybody could come to, that it wasn't going to be, you know, too fancy pants, that it was essentially, it's a brasserie. And we wanted it to be priced in, uh, in an offer that everyone could come. And on any given day, you, you could be here and look around and, and think, wow, what a mix, you know, what a mix of people. And, you know, I mean, we have regulars that have been coming on a certain date for 20 years. And we consider them regulars. We might only see them once a year, but we see them every year, once a year, because this is the place they want to be for you know, their birthday or whatever celebration it is. So, you know, you build, you, you build it very slowly. It was a, it was a slow build-up of this business, but it's evolved into being an incredibly strong, uh, yeah, it's a really strong business. And we've got a great clientele. We couldn't ask for a better clientele because, you know, when you, when you capture the corporate clientele 
over time they do so many different things with you. You know, they do the lunch for two and the lunch for four and the dinner for ten and, and then, you know, you start to see them with fa their family and you see their families grow up and, and then you still see them in their, in their corporate role and you see them change companies, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it's, it is interesting. Has food changed a lot in that corporate market in your time at Cafe Sydney? You've got a pretty handy chef in the kitchen at the moment with James Kidman, who's, you know, a wonderful man and a, and a beautiful cook, um, doing some amazing things there. But is it, is it, has it changed a lot over the years, the expectation? No, look, I don't think the expectation from the guest has changed a lot. But I think our expectation of ourselves has evolved enormously. You know, we we always, uh, you know, we always as a as a as a management team, we always sit down and go, okay, what, you know, what are we aspiring for this year? And we just we we feel quite dedicated to be better at it each year, to really finesse what we're doing, because it's important that we back up. Uh, that we back up this gorgeous location with everything behind it, that it it equals it or surpasses it. So, you know, I mean, everyone in hospitality wants to exceed guest expectation. I mean, we all do. We all want our guests to have the greatest experience. And when you've got this harbour in front of you, you really do have to have a commitment to back it up. So, yes, the food's great, you know, James runs a very, very slick kitchen. It's tight. He also has a great rapport with all of our suppliers. You know, he's adored by them. And that helps because they come to him and, you know, they want to talk about product and they want him to try things and they want to introduce things. And, you know, if you are a sheep farmer down south and you get in into into this business then we're pretty much going to take all your sheep you know so people it, it's a fantastic thing the volume that we've been able to achieve year on year because it really supports a whole range of producers so he he garners those relationships a little earlier you said um that it's important for you to um, back up the location with an offering that matches it or exceeds it. Um, how does that translate on the plate in the circumstances that you're in? You know, what's the process been of what the food is going to be like moving out of a pandemic for Cafe Sydney? Well, we've had, there's been many conversations about what that's going to look like. And one of the things that we decided was that, you know, I mean, we had several conversations, but there wasn't... I mean, we've got we've, we're opening with a new menu, and but that's very seasonal driven because you know what was on the menu in March is not around now. But you, you know, we need to do a menu that's going to translate for the type of volume that we do, and that the integrity of the the integrity of the dish doesn't lose uh, because of the volume. So a lot of our food is is very uh, preparation intensive, so the technical part of the food prep um, sort of speaks for itself and the actual execution of getting it out is um, 
very considered so that we can expedite in a really slick fashion because no one wants to wait. A corporate lunch does not want to wait. So there's a lot of consideration uh, in the menu planning of how it's all going to do the sort of volume that we're going to do. And, you know, right now we will do, uh, we will open and, you know, we're for this period, for this first week, we will be able to do, you know, 50 people indoors and 50 people on the terrace and the weather's going to be perfect, I hope. So, and we'll, we'll, be able, <laughs> we'll be able to, you know, we'll be able to roll. And um, so, you know, we'll be able to get reasonable, reasonable volume. And then when we hit the 1st of July, we can up it again. I mean, we're, we're, look, we're very blessed. We have such space here. And so, you know, we can still do, we can still comply to, you know, the one to four ratio and the the 1.5 social distancing and I mean the only thing that will affect us is that we can't you know people can't have arrival drinks and canopies standing and there's all those things but people so far have been very understanding for that. Has the operational aspect of the restaurant altered because of this and are you using the space differently? Yes yes we're using the space differently we're We've moving furniture around like there's no tomorrow, and we'll. So the the terrace is um, is socially distanced, and and so is the in indoor dining area. We're we're going to start off being quite cautious. You know, we've got many spaces here, so we we are fortunate in that. But we, you know, we're not going to. We're going to be very considered about how we deal with the lounge, and we'll probably not have in this first week when we're not going to have people uh, just coming in for drinks we're we're feeling we're feeling we want to just master you know this next four days because because it is busy and uh, and also we've got a team of people that haven't um, you know that haven't worked for three months and we we want we want what we're going to do over the next four days to be really fantastic so we're just trying to be quite considered about it but the space will evolve it certainly will evolve once we get to the first of of july and you know we've we've um a lot of people are interested in the private dining room which we refurbished late last year and which is gorgeous so there's a lot of a lot of people wanting to be in the private dining room and and i understand that and um and then we've got our lounge area and you know, as we evolve over the next week, we, we will use that more, but we will just be having seated. We, we're not permitted to do any stand-up drinks or anything like that. And then we've got the, the bar area, which is another um, sort of seated area. So we can really spread out. We can spread out and we can have quite a lot of people in here. We just need to manage the coming and going and how people arrive. And we're, we're actually going to do all our tracking and tracing on the ground floor and um and yeah we decided we'd we'd do that on the ground floor so we'll have someone positioned down there we're using that that app which has been fantastic we're using that app for every single person that steps on our premise whether it's the delivery driver or the, the carpenter or the whatever everyone has has been um using that and we just thought we'd do it on the ground floor so that people will arrive and it will be like a normal arrival and a normal experience for them. So, yeah, I'm excited, actually. 
I'm excited. I think it's going to be good. And certainly people are aching to get out. Like people are really wanting to get the trainers off and, and get, the, get the outfit on and, and go out and have, have a good experience. Well, you are opening this week. And, you know, as you said a bit earlier, during the shutdown, you've sort of taken on all the roles or many of the roles that you normally leave in the hands of other people, but you've relinquished those this week and you have all the majority of your staff back. What's it been like this week and what have been the challenges in getting the uh, restaurant revved up again? Well, it's been, uh, it's been physically challenging in many respects because a big restaurant closed for three months, is, it, it, it was filthy actually. So we've had just people here cleaning and cleaning and cleaning. We've had some of our team back in cleaning. Um, there's been a lot of cleaning going on. And then uh, that started last week. And then this week, you know, the I've watched the kitchen sort of get going and the deliveries coming in and so forth. But, you know, we had everything switched off. So they, that all happened last week where refrigeration came back on and air conditioning came back on and all of it. So, but, you know, down here in CBD land, it's there's building sites around us, so it's dusty anyway. And having not cleaned for for three months, we needed to get that. But we're looking we're looking good now. We've had we've done a little bit of you know the terrace has been uh, resurfaced and the dining room floors and everything. All upholstery's been deep cleaned and the French polish has been here. So yes, we're looking quite we're looking good. Yeah. So it's, you know, the team, the team is thrilled. Trying to keep them social distanced is, uh, I feel like I said today, can I get a really smart stick <laughs> just to keep everyone back from each other? <laughs> Don't touch each other. Look, we want to be, look, we want to be, we, we want to be and we all need to be compliant because, you know, it's quite a, I mean, that's the overwhelming bit is, you know, for many of us, we've been able to travel the world and how fortunate we've been. And so I look around me, surrounded by all these fabulous young people, all wanting to take the world on, and the world has shifted. And so we all have, you know, we all have an obligation um, to make sure that they have safe passage uh, in the next chapter. We certainly don't want, you know, when I read the statistics on unemployment, I want my people to stay employed. I want to be able to offer them a good livelihood and that's going to happen if we're busy. So we're determined to be compliant and uh, and encourage everybody else to go on that journey because Sydney needs to come to life again and you can feel you can feel it coming to life, but we just need to be cautious. Just on the those sort of young workers that may be disillusioned about the future of their careers due to these circumstances, you know, what sort of conversations did you have with your staff to um, give them morale and um, provide to make sure that they know that there's a clear career path for them moving forward? There has been endless conversations and you know, I've tried to. Uh, I've been writing a lot, actually, to the whole. I, I've got. I've got them all on a group email, so I've been writing a lot. And um, you know, I feel. I feel an enormous responsibility for them to to feel supported. And look, most of them are quite independent, but they 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 
honestly know that they can come for anything and whatever we can do to make this process easier for them, we will. But it is challenging for them. You know, it, it's challenging. You know, we've got, you know, we, we're a mixed bag too, you know. Culturally, we're a mixed bag, which is fantastic. And then we've got, you know, we've got our students and, and that's a whole new world for them uh, because, you know, they're all online learning now. And it's, it's challenging. And also the whole prospect of them perhaps, uh, you know, wearing this enormous debt of, of what uh, the country's gone through, that's challenging. So we need for them to, you know, we, they're, they're hungry to learn. We need to just give them everything we can give them. And we need to uh, make them feel as secure as we can. They, you know, for us, they are, they are at the coalface of our business. They represent us. And we're just trying to lead them and inspire them and to be really clear about what, well, what, certainly what, what we stand for and what our, what our values as a business are and that we want them to come on this journey. But we also, I mean, one of our words we've been using is like we just all need to be incredibly agile and organic because this is just going to keep changing. And so we all need to just keep rolling with it and supporting each other and be being united. I mean, the way we're looking now, we will get everybody up above their, um, you know, up above their JobKeeper money very quickly, which is what we want. We, we need for them to be back earning and we need for, um, you know, we're hoping our, our clientele will, of course, um, reward them accordingly with gratuity. We need for people to be thinking about gratuity. Those two words that you've been using with your staff, which is to be agile and organic, that's really sums up, you know, what's been happening across the industry uh, in response to this. You know, what has impressed you about how the hospitality industry as a whole has reacted to the crisis? I think it's been, I think it's been really, it's been totally inspiring to watch how people have been able to, I'm not going to use the word, but evolve into new things and, and find uh, adjunct businesses within their business to, to do. There was a moment where we all went, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We need to do something. And it, it, it just really wasn't possible. You know, I have the most enormous respect watching what Neil's done. I, I just, you know, feel overwhelmed with respect for, you know, the the... The role that he's played has been incredible, you know, really commend it. Um, I think a lot of people are just trying to keep focused on how they're going to reopen. And, you know, the reality is that some people are not going to reopen. And and I think that's that's tough. That's really, really tough for people. You know what hospitality's like. The, the margin is low. The, the, the work can be thankless. Um, you know, the camaraderie is immense. And, you know, what hospitality people do for the community is so, so significant. You know, it's, it's significant. I don't think people quite... Or maybe they are now. Maybe they're starting to realise the role that, you know, that hospitality... You know, from... from like. Across, across the whole sort of spectrum of hospitality, what it does for the community, 
you know, whether it's just going to your local hole in the wall where you get a coffee or, you know, through all the things, all the different bits of it, it's, um, it's immense and it impacts people. I mean, I've, I've been, you know, we have a number of cultural partnerships and one of them is with Sydney Film Festival. I mean, look at how they've turned themselves around. What a, what a hard task for so many of them. You know, and our, our friends down the road at the Opera House, like, how is that going to pan out? When are we all going to be sitting listening to live music? All of these things. So the starting point for people reconnecting is certainly within restaurants, around the dining room table, is where people are going to really come back to life, I think. Well, as you just sort of mentioned, you know, restaurants are so important to our community and the way that we socially interact. What, what did you miss about restaurants during the time that yours was closed down? Oh, look, I, I don't know. I missed everything. I missed the whole sense of, uh, you know, the whole from the moment you decide you're going to go somewhere to eat, that whole process of, of all of it, even the process of leaving it and coming home and talking about it the next day and dissecting what you've eaten and talking about the conversation and all of those things. I mean, you know, we, we all fundamentally just miss it, but we, you know, we live it. And, and the, the powerful role that restaurants play in making people's lives quite different, you know. I mean, that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to having a room full of people excited. And I, I think people genuinely are excited to be going out again. And I think that part of uh, getting a community of people together and, uh, you know, reinvigorating them and, you know, feeding them great food and pouring great wine, which um, Simon Kirkovic has, has tweaked our wine list over this period. Um, you know, people, people love to be in that environment, a restaurant environment. So in, you know, the rebirth of the restaurant and reinvigorating guests as they come into the Cafe Sydney experience, you know, what, what does the future for Cafe Sydney look like? Well, you know, Cafe Sydney, I think we'll, you know, we will just keep rolling. We're, you know, we're committed here for at least another 10 years. And we are... You know, we've, we always laugh about this, but uh, we've never wanted to be in vogue. You know, we've never aspired to, to be that restaurant. There's many things we want to be, but, but we don't want to be in vogue. And I think that we will, we will just continue and keep fine-tuning and keep evolving and being, you know, we're not ever going to really reinvent ourselves, but we're going to stay uh, consistent and you know not stray from those values we want to be authentic uh, for what we do we want to give people great experiences so I, you know I don't think there's going to be any you know there's no massive big shake-up happening there's just uh, continue on and you know do what we do well well you're literally moments away really from opening the doors again and getting ready for that, uh, how's it going to feel when the guests walk through the door for the first time? Well, we're fighting about who's going to be down the bottom. 
who's going to do the who's going to do the tracking and tracing? I want to, I want to, because you know, that's the first port of call. And I guess that uh, I don't know. We're we're just all we're all very excited. We're all very excited. So yep, you can feel the energy brewing, and um, I think. We'll definitely be having a big uh, team briefing again. We've done loads of briefing this week, which is exciting because you don't often you don't often actually get time to do what we're doing. Is getting everybody together, and you know everyone together invo- involved in training and involved in tasting, and so they are all across everything that's that's happening. And when everybody gets in uniform tomorrow, and I think I might have to wear a heel. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be momentous, actually. It's going to be momentous. You never think you're going to have to reopen a restaurant again like this, but it's going to be very exciting. Well, the restaurant's in many ways been the heartbeat of the city and to hear that it's opening its doors again is pretty exciting for the industry as a whole. Um, thanks for joining us today and please keep in touch. We'll no doubt catch up with you down the line and see how the restaurant's tracking. Um, but love, lovely to chat today and um, thanks for being on. Thank you, Anthony. I think it's fantastic that you've done uh, this podcast and I've listened to many of them and they have been truly inspiring because just to hear how everybody's feeling and it's been a great, honest outpouring Um, from the hospitality industry. I think it's commendable. So thank you very much. Thanks, Jan. Talk soon. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we share the stories of Australia's hospo community, suppliers and producers in search of hope during this pandemic. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.